Lilvavi Mishkan Evna, we're in Perik Yud, on page Sadik Aleph. Sadik Aleph. Oh, we're going to learn such Kavaldiga things. It's all the Nakuda, the Machazig is Nakuda, as you can see by the title of the Perik, Bira Mohus Surah Sachaimi Makarish Baruch. Clarifying the, the, the Mohus, the nature of the essence of a life of this Surah Sachaim together with the Barishalam. A different kind of a life that we haven't lived until now. How to live with the Rav We always knew that he's around, but how to mamish live with the Rav So you know that he always begins. We'll do it very quickly. He chazes over again, again, again. How we have to chaz and he spends a lot of time on that. So he says, "Kafisha biyarnu laachash azachad v'nafshal margeshes b'mishyeshu b'nishlam." A person already has come to a point where he feels that there's a Rav Shalom. He has such a, a hergish. That he really feels that there's a Kaddish Baruch Hu, Makabul Chiyas Min Nekudas Hamuna, and it gives him that there's something which gives him a, a Chiyas, it gives him life. Havod Laf Mekain He, Lahaschil and Asos Lahakir Ba'Kar Brur Ba'Karis Aleiv Shatvis Samitzis Hakaddish Baruch Hu Nimsel Yado. So the first stage was that there's a Rabbanu Shalom in the Vel, in the world, that there's a Rabbanu Shalom who he exists, he's alive. The second thing which we've been talking about the last few prakim is that he's with me every, he's here, he's in the room with me, he's with me every second. This takes many years. When the Ramchal talks about the Mida of Yerashchit, fear of sin, that a person should really feel this, that Hashem's Baruch is with him every moment, that he'll be afraid to do an Avera, that he'll fear, he'll feel mamish afraid. No different than if you have somebody that's, that's standing there watching you and, you and and you're thinking about doing something that would be very, very wrong or very embarrassing. To feel that the Baruch Shalom is there with you every single second. Who, the Ramchal says, It is very hard. It's very hard that in the heart of a person there should be a clear picture of this, a clear feeling of this. Why is it so hard? Because... Our senses, as we learned in the last parak, our physical senses do not help us in any way. Our physical chushim, our physical senses are only capable of picking up on those things which you can hear or see or smell and so on. We don't have anything that we could press, any button inside of us that we could press that will pick up a signal of Hashem's presence in the room. That's what Ramchal saying. The only way that a person can feel this, we have a koach to feel it. Every Jew has in him a koach. A guy doesn't have this. Every Jew has in him this koach. The kudas elokus shenim says benavshay. It's that point of elokus of godliness that each and every Jew has in him a chelik elokumimal. I mean, since the Baruch is inside each and every one of us. Only by tapping into that koach of the chelak elokah, of that godliness inside of us, can we actually feel that he's here. Now, as we have to learn how to use this part of ourselves that we've never used until now. Until now, we use the same kalim that any guy would use, which is hearing and seeing and smelling. In addition to the fact that we receive from our parents and grandparents all kinds of nice things. So we're coming at the, at the tail end of a long history of good Jews. So that gives us a lot. That gives us a lot. I mean, it gets us to shul, and it gets us, you know, it gets us to do uh, good things and to try to stay away from bad things. It gets a lot out of us, the the uh, the, the that we come from. 
but to have that chush, to have a hergish, that I can't, I, I could, I can't do anything, anything that when no one's watching me and nobody knows, that's going to be God forbid against Hashem's will, or to be filled with a desire to please Hashem mamish, not just to be say For that, as we've been talking about this since the beginning, you have to feel that the Baruch is in the room. You have to feel that He's with you every second. So that's only if we. That's only if we make use of a part of ourselves that is sitting there very quietly, dormant, and and uh, collecting cowwebs for many years. That part of us that's called the nefesh elokis, the the nakuda elokus, that nakuda of godliness that's inside of us. Is nefesh Is the nefesh divided up into different parts? Yeah, but it's talking, it means in general. That, that's a no. generic term. He called over kidei lochus. I said tzarchas akelim. I said min. We know. That in that in general, in order for everything in the world, in order to feel something, you need to have kalim that that are that are from the same that are from the same type that come from the same species. What does that mean? As a gashmius physical things we're able to pick up on with our physical senses. Yes, but godliness you can't feel, you can't sense that with any physical part of yourself. That's only possible with the kachelokus, as God can be felt by godliness. He can't be felt by the body. Nishomish and Nisatabi Tahiri, as we began the Sefer. The soul of the Baruch Shalom that you put in me, it's still pure. After all these years, it's still godly. He achelak elokamimal. It's that godly portion inside of me. Rak he yechelalokush as a Baruch Only elokus can feel the Baruch Shalom. Hashem baguf masige haguf. Because Hashem is not physical and therefore... If you're trying to feel something physically, you can't find them. Therefore, as long as a person has not awoken that part of him that's called elokus, godliness, from its state of, slu- uh, of, of slumber, from its sleepy situation, until we, ha- as we haven't done that, as an neshama if we haven't found a way to awaken the neshama, at least a little bit. So then you won't be able to feel that Hashem is in the room. You can understand it, you can think like that, but you're not going to be able to feel it. I could that a person would like the Sadiqim, but they would start to tremble when something was wrong, when something against Hashem's will was taking place in their presence, they would begin to, to tremble and to perspire and feel the same way that a person, that you and I would feel afraid if we had some kind of, God forbid, some, some, some wild animal loose in the room. Pachet. So a tzaddik is able to feel a pachet from a chayt, from a veir, from something that's wrong. And they could pick up on it, even if you can't see it with your eyes. The tzaddik could pick up on it. So the tzaddik will tell you, someone will give him a glass of water. Now we have a lot of plastic everywhere, but in the old days and everything was glass. You give the tzaddik, it's davyadua. Right, the svasemis, no other tzaddikim, that they would give the svasemis a glass of water, and he, and he, and he would say that it wasn't titled in the mikvah. This was never put in the mikvah. And invariably they would find out and how and when did they what? It was never in the mikvah. And and Akadekach he would pick up on vibes. He would feel afraid of something that was connected to Hashem. Because after years and years and years of living with Hashem in your room and being sensitive to what is it that would affect Hashem and would cause him to be either to have Nachasuch or to have not Nachasuch, the opposite, so that Sadiq becomes sensitive to any anything, anything. When I told you once, maybe when they, when Rabbi Chaska Levinstein was in New York to raise money for the yeshiva, so so 
he was never in New York in his life. He didn't know anything about the place. I'm talking back. This is back in the early 50s, the late 40s, early 50s, and they brought him to New York and they, to collect money someplace over here in Manhattan. And they, when they came to the point, a place near Times Square, which imagine then Times Square was a was nothing like what happened over the years. So Reb Chastel gave a scream. He says, "No, you can't, I can't. You can't. I feel you can't go over here." He didn't know anything about you know um, the history of Times Square, uh, 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 Broadway. He just said you can't go here. And he used to say, and they made they, he made him make a halakha. And he used to say, afterwards when he came back to Israel, that, that it cost him it cost him 17 months in Zavayus Hashem the one day that he was in Manhattan. <laughs> that he has to work now. He felt he had to work 17 months of Vaida very 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 hard because he was one day in Manhattan. Now that means one day he didn't even drive through, and he never lifted up his head when he was in the car. So we feel like we're all fine. Everything's fine. Everything's gewaldi, right? 17, year, 17 months of Avedis Hashem, he had to work double to try to fix what he said. There's that one day that I was in Manhattan. There were not Muslims, such a thing. But the Tzaddik, that was, that was Manhattan in the late 40s. Mm-hmm. And the people went Tznizdik and went you know, normal. So a person, a, 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 a person who has a finely tuned Nefesh Elokis, where that instrument inside is finely tuned, he picks up on all of these things. And we could be like that too. We can be like that too. And if we and if you follow the program, Bamas Bamas, then then you become such a person. That's that's the program. With where you're with the Nakuda Sahelokus, that point of, of godliness inside of you becomes becomes attuned to the world that you're living in and can pick up on things. That's how the city can are able to feel those things. That's how they're able to feel that. Ikahavaidu the last two lines, Ikahavaidu and the Kudazuhi Latis me Elamagashmis. Obviously, the ikra the, uh, the 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 work that needs to take place is lotzeis ma'elamagashmis to to leave to to pull ourselves out much much more from being people who are totally bound, obsessed with the things that we smell, hear, see, touch, and so on. Because that's how we. That's obviously since we're in the world, that's how we relate to the world only through those senses. But those senses are blocking our our contact with with the with the inside of us. To enter into a world that you can't see with your eyes, not just to know about ruchnis, but to live in it. You know, there's a, there was a funny joke that I remember. I, they used to they used to say, but it's a whole good. There's a whole way to say it. But there was a Talmud Chacham. There was a Talmud Chacham that was. Um, I remember my, my my father laughing when he was reading this in the Yiddish newspaper when I was a kid. There's a Talmud Chacham that couldn't find his glasses. I'm sure you heard of this one, but it's so cute how they do it. And in Yiddish, it's very good. And he's sitting by the Gemara, and he doesn't know where the glasses are. So. He goes into like a 15-minute pilpul of all different svaras, of all different svaras where the glasses where the glasses could be. I love this, like I love this. He talks, he's a Talmud Chacham, and we belt him like this and so like that. But Yiddish was gavaldi, you know how some emailers and so then he said, then he's doing this for like 10, 15 minutes, all the different svaras, and he says, "No, it must be that the glasses are on my forehead. <laughs> it must be that they're on top, they're on my forehead." And he says, "Oh, 
And then he continued. Then he then he was he didn't even pull them down. He, he was able to. He just, he just wanted to make sure they knew where they were, mm-hmm. and that's where they were, of course. It said, must be that the attack that the attack could be. You know, that's that's where they were. So I love this. It's a love this. So a person a person could have a idea. Can have a, to can know a certain thing, and it's a halamdus in in the Bani Shalom. But the bottom line is, Sakhal Sof is that that you didn't feel that he had a pair of glasses sitting on his forehead. And it's a cute story, and we could imagine a Jew like that. There's, that there is a person like that. But but what's even sweeter about this story is that that he believes so strongly in his svara that he didn't have to check to see if the glasses were there. That he didn't have to check to see that they were there, and and. And I remember hearing from when you, when you were singing the Shia by my rabbi, Allah Shalom. So there were things by Abdullah There were things that he would say that it's a certain way. But the Maskana was it comes out a certain way, and and like the guys in the Shia, like we felt that like rabbi, that's not the Mitzvahs. What Chazal are talking about when you're learning in Chulin. There's certain things that it's not the Mitzvahs. You know, where did this where did this uh, where did this bug come from? It didn't. So it came from inside the fruit, right? So, so by Rabbi David, that was the mitzvah he lived in. And, and and as much as we tried to say, you know, uh, but Rabbi is not possible scientifically. There's no such thing as spontaneous. You know, it can't be such a thing. It had to be from outside. There was an egg there from something else. It can't be inside the fruit. There came a, a bug like that, a worm. It doesn't happen like that on its own. So Rabbi said that. Says Nigamari. That's that's what it is. So he said it to me, but it's not like we say also because we can't answer. He said to me, that's the Mitzvah. That's the Mitzvah, so stark, the Amunah. The Amunah is so, so clear that that's the Mitzvah. Like there's a story from there's a story from one of the Tzaddikim, Mardik and Maisa, I'm not going to say the whole story. To, but the story was that there, was that there was a certain person that was sick and the Tzaddik was davening for this person to get better. And somebody came from the marketplace, one of the Chassidim came, I think it was with Pinchas cards, and somebody came from the market and said that a, that a Jew came from the town where that sick person is and said that the, that the Yid died, unfortunately, Rabbi Nata Davin. So the cards, so Pinchas cards just said, it's not true. Elapnach, he's still alive. So, so he said, go, go ask again. So he went back and he asked somebody else that came from that neighborhood, that came on that train. He asked another person, what happened to Yankel when so-and-so who was sick? Well, Hashem, he had a big issue. He's, he's doing okay. He's okay. So he came back and told Rupin Haskar. So Rupin Haskar said, so I want you to know something. I don't understand this story, but I'm just saying it's told over. Rupin Haskar said that you should know that that first person who is comes from the other side, from the Sitrach. The first person who is. And he told you that, that, that whatever it is, Yankel ben Sar, that he died. If I would have accepted that and believed that, then it, then he thought that it would have died. That's what he said. But I was machazik myself because I felt in my feelings that he was still alive. I still had hope for him. And I was machazik myself not to not to hear what you described from that person, and and because of that, Yankel Ben Sir is is will have a Yeshua and have a Rishis It's an amazing story. But that's the Mitzvahs. That his amuna created a certain Mitzvahs. That's the way it is by Sadiqan. Because there is a reality that we can't see with our eyes. There's a world that we don't see with our eyes. And it has different rules. Time, past and present, it has different rules. Past and present, the rules of physics 
apply to this world that we're in. In, in that world, which we can't see with our eyes, there are different rules. It goes by a different, it has a different mahalach over there. So therefore you find stories that we have from the tzaddikim that the tzaddik is able to be in the past or the present, the future. Different places, different times. At the same time, Yismach Maisha used to be, they used to see the Yismach Maisha in three different places at the same time. He was giving a shir in the Bismedrish in Uyul in Hungary, and he was giving a pash to some to some parts in Poland at the same time. He used to say he was here, he was there. He used to sometimes be davening in one place, and he was giving a shir in another place in a different town at the same time. That's what does it mean? It's a kash. They live in a, there are different rules. When it's elokus, as long as it's eyes, ears, you know, uh, seeing, touching, feeling, as long as the senses that we live by, then it follows those rules. But when a person is with the nefesh kiss, then the tzaddik is unbound. The tzaddik is unbound by 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 um, by the constraints of the chushe haduf of the senses of the body. So he says. You can have a person that's learning Torah and he's keeping mitzvahs and he's busy with, with godly matters. But it doesn't necessarily mean that that person, even though even though he's learning Torah and he's keeping mitzvahs, it doesn't mean that that he's making use of, of the nefesh. His learning Torah, like we spoke about earlier, could be with his physical mind. He has an intellect, he has a mind. He's keeping mitzvahs physically. It's not certain, it doesn't necessarily mean that just because the guy's learning and keeping mitzvahs, that, that his neshama is actually functioning and is revealed. To be able to come to this madrega to feel mamish the mitzvahs of Hashem together with you in the room and to recognize the Shalom. You can't do that with the, with the body. The first objective is getting into my nisham. How do I get into that place that's called the nisham? That part of me. It's very hard because it's a long journey to get to the neshama, and nowadays people don't want to—they don't want—they don't want to spend time getting to somewhere. They just want to be someplace. They don't want to have to spend a long time. They want to be in the place that they have to go. The gamkshan neshama ma'at mizgalis im adam chayzim esasik emachaymer hishuv neelamis. And not only that, even if you zayicha and you work on this, and the neshama starts to be a little bit, a little bit. Revealed, the neshama starts to make itself known. But then, if you throw yourself back into the physical world, he shuvnelamis. The neshama slips away again; it disappears. There's a beautiful expression in Chazal. Then, when it comes to Yerush Shemayim, when it comes to the to Ruchnius, the spirituality, it's so hard to get like like silver and and, and, and gold and silver kalim, and it's very easy to lose like like glass. It's very fragile, like glass. It's hard to acquire like gold and silver, and it's easy to lose it like like a crystal. It could break in a second. It's very delicate. Our our connection to the neshama is very delicate. And, and it could be like you know one 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 you know good pastrami sandwich can knock it away. Not that there's anything wrong with having a good sandwich, 
if a person is eating in order to live, but if a person is throwing himself in, you know, to the throwing himself in, like we were, like like we were talking about this morning. Oh no, this is when I was learning with it when I said over the Shabbos here this morning to the guys afterwards. So uh, I heard from my, my daughter told me, and the guys in Shul told me it's true that they also saw that last year there was a Maisa that some yeshiva bachim and Israel decided that they want to have they wanted to eat uh, to have a meal from doggies and the guys all got together and they each chipped in money and they sent one of the chavot to go on a plane go to doggies and come right back with an order from Israel. This happened. There's a Maisa Shaya, and the guy got in trouble. Because he called, he was dumb enough to call like one friend. He didn't call his parents, you know. Obviously, they would have killed him. He called one friend from the states, and so he told somebody else, or whatever. He was joking around. He said, he said he was here, and he 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 got a, uh, an order from Doggies. He picked it up and he flew back to Israel. No, that's what that's something. Mamsha Tekriya, Teraiz Kriya, for such a Hasaga, Teraiz Kriya. That does. I don't forget a guy to have a hamburger or a hot dog. Of course, we all forget a bracha to have a hot dog here, but al kedekach to get to an airplane to, and to go to America to come to leave for whatever that, that means two days of learning at least, right? Just to, but besides that, let's say so he's not he, he, the, the, the biggest master is not the one who volunteered, right? Okay, we understand. That's not the point. I understand he's not the, he's not from the uh, Masmidim uh, club, but uh, uh, such a such a al kedekach. To go to an air, to go to, to Ben Gurion, to schlep, and to go to get a couple of sandwiches and onion rings or fries, to go, how could they care? Such a, a magushim dicker world we're living in. And as I said this morning, is that, that, so when we hear this Maisa, we feel like, oh, hey, what's going on with us? But you know how many Bachram are hearing this? They heard that and, they, and, they, and they're thinking, why not? <laughs> I mean, altogether, you get 50 guys for 20 bucks a piece, right? Twenty bucks a piece. You can put the guy in a plane and give him a little bit of a of a, a of a business account, right? Get him a flight for eight hundred fifty bucks. Let's raise a thousand dollars. Let's to pay a little bit. We can all get. Um, we can get. Uh, then put in an extra for put in for your order, and uh, give, take a, a couple of shopping bags and he's uh, pack a suitcase and he's back on the plane. You know, and maybe even a slice you could have. You could have your order. Maybe if it's an emergency. You can get a little bit fast. Make an emergency order. And then we're wondering, well, how come we don't have new? How come there are no new Rav Shachs coming up in the, uh, you know, and Rav Moshe's coming up through the through the system? Where are the, where are the Rav Moshe's nowadays? Thirty years ago, we dreamt of doing that, but to actually do it. <laughs> Thirty years ago, there were guys you know? in the dormitory that was a, that would go to Shmuka Bernstein's at night and. And they would go and like pick up stuff, and uh, yeah, but that's the Lower East Side. You know, I'm not talking about the edges. So, what? Somebody dreamt of going to edges, going no. to America? Mm-hmm. Oh, we would think about having a good meal, and in, 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 you know, Gottlieb right. or something. Okay, because then in edges he didn't have any. There was right. there was not much nothing in edges. So, huh? Yeah, yeah. Why did it have to come to? Okay, but it's it's the the tivas of So everything's kosher. They would never send out for treif. It's kosher. But think about it. What that means? What does that mean? And this is this is it's the, so a person so so anything that a person can acquire in learning in a whole mind could be lost by such a venture. And it sounds very it sounds very extreme. I, I, I you know I don't mean to talk like so much gear from the yeshiva, but it's the truth. That's how delicate that's how delicate the neshama is. A person can work. You see this kaseda. When I was teaching all the years, I was teaching twelfth grade boys in yeshiva. 
and I and I was like that I had I would have the same boy sometimes for three four years. This is my chav. It was a very good system that we did it. I had this chav. And every September when they would come back into the, into the class, it's like I never met the kid. It's like a new kid from what he was what he was buried in during the summer. All of the things that when by the time would come to Shavuos, the guys were mamish, mamish, unbelievable, davening and learning, and we was like and nagunim and avayda. They came back with that look, you know, that they had that tanned, swarthy hair, you know, under a certain way look. And I knew this is Aleph all over again. Nachamam. Kumas Aleph again. And then the idea was to try to get him as fast as possible. That's itself to get him locked in. To get to Yeshiva, you know. Because by the time, they, they would all agree at the end of the year, we're going to Yeshiva, 12th grade, we're going to Yeshiva. But then, then, then I would talk to them, what's going on? Uh, you know, it's already July 10th. It's already, I don't know, my parents don't want. And, 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 what? and then your parents wanted last month. You don't want so all of, all of these things It's so fragile So delicate Like That's what Chazal say Like crystal It's hard to get it like, like gold But to lose it It's so delicate The Ruchni is in a person That's what I meant by Pastrami sandwich can knock. It doesn't have to even be from edges So back and forth But it could be If a person puts himself into it A little bit A little bit too much You know A drop over into 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 the food. That also. Whatever person's kind, it could go away. That's how that's how delicate it is. And he says, look how he explains. You might think that you acquired already. That in other words, you already got like uh, like you took uh, introduction to psychology, right? So you think you already uh, that all that you already know that. If you're a very bright person, it could be. But usually, from what I was told, when people come to medical school, the first thing the guy tells you in your first class is anything that you learned in, in college, forget it. Just drop it, forget it. Which is not so hard, because most of the guys don't remember. <laughs> it's like if you ask any of us, take out a pen and write down what you remember from college or whatever. I, say, I, don't, I don't know about you, you know, whatever. One side of a page, two pages. Think about it. My, my parents spent fortunes, thousands and thousands of money. I went to a private college, thousands and thousands. I wrote all those papers and spent all those hours reading all those books. So, even I'm talking about stam. What is it? It's nothing important, but but it, it, it's gone. It's gone. So you think that you're kind of something? So you think that you're kind of some some you know? Then then the next generation. So why should I go? If you tell me these stories, why should I go? Nafal pichain, nafal pichain. A person goes to be able to to be able to manage to hold on to something. You think that you're kind of, you're not kind of. It's back and forth, running and returning. Sometimes you feel a little bit of a you feel a little bit of the mamish. Not just the thought, but you feel his presence in the room. Then it could disappear for a week. Because it could be anything. It could be you heard one word of lashnar that could knock it out. Could be it could be that you had you looked at something in the street you shouldn't have looked at on the on the on the machine you saw something can knock out completely. Could be another week and then shuvah and then it can come back. Because remember, the whole relationship between the neshama and the guf, as it's explained at the beginning of Shulchan Aruch and the Torah and the Ramah Sinan that the that. That the whole relationship between the body and the, the guf and the neshama and the soul is a pella. It's a wonder. Because they're opposites. How could the neshama and the guf exist in one body when they, when they have nothing in common? 
They don't have anything in common. Only the Baruch Shalom could do such a wondrous thing. That's what it means. That's why it's called a Pella. A Pella means two opposites coming together. The word Pella, a wonder, means two things that have nothing to do with each other being brought together. That's a Pella. And only Hashem is about to do such a thing. Mafli Lassais. That's when a person makes a brach. That how could it be that this, that this piece of flesh that makes such disgusting things, you'll excuse me in the bathroom, it could be such a thing that this same flesh is capable of thinking about the Shem Havayibuch or about having a Vilna Gain? The same flesh, could, there, could be a, there could be a Vilna Gain, there could be a Chavetz Chaim from the same flesh that goes to the bathroom. How could there be? It's a pillar. It's a wonder. So all of life is fluctuating between the Guf and the Nisham. It's very hard to hold them together. The Nisham flitters away. It doesn't stay glued together with the Guf. It's so hard to keep them. Because the truth is that they're contradicting each other. They're in a state of conflict, the Nisham and the Guf. The same way in the physical world, fire and water can't go together, can't stay together. There's a, there's a law in the in the world of Elokus. There's a world called Elokus. In that world that's called Elokus, the Nisham and the Guf can't can't how do they stay together? So tell only Hashem is constantly forcing them to be Hashem is constantly forcing them to stay together. Or else the person really wants to die, the Nisham wants to leave the body. The neshama wants to leave. There's no greater relief for the neshama than when it comes time to die. The neshama is finally able to say, "I'm finished with this guy." Oh my goodness! Having this guy hacking me and schlepping me to the craziest places, I have to go with him everywhere he goes. I have to go. The neshama is finally freed of this guy. So the bar is forcibly holding them together. That's called the pella, mafli lasays. That's a chayk. The same way you have a law of nature that fire and water can't be together, there's a chayk in, in Elkos that the Nisham and the Guf, it can't be together. The only way is that this, this outside kayak that's called the, the Rabbani Shalom, and the outside means not outside, but the Rabbani Shalom, that kayak of the Rabbani Shalom, who is Lamal Lamalo, who transcends all opposites, he's able to keep the Shidduch going. He's able to keep this Pella of the Nisham and the Guf. And then the moment the Rabbani Shalom says, must speak, that's it, he's gone. He's dead. The Nisham believes. If not for Hashem is holding them together, every moment. You have to think about that. The Baruch Shalom is keeping the Neshama with the Guf every single moment that we're alive. The Baruch Shalom is holding them together in an unnatural way. It would be most natural for the Neshama to be rid of the Guf and for the Guf not to have to handle with the Neshama. Just to be able to lie on the ground and, and enjoy the scenery, the, the worms and the schmutz. The body would love to do that. And the Neshama would love the same thing, to be separate. So there's a pillar that the Barisham holds them together. And if not for Hashem doing that, the person would die right away. So the way that we live is that Hashem holds them together, but the Neshama is hidden inside the body. So we can't feel the Barisham, because the Neshama is being unnaturally held in our bodies. And... and and it's in such a way that it's so concealed and so hidden that we don't feel it. In order that a person should feel the Rabbani Shalom, Allah of Lamal, he has to work very hard. He has to work on both, on these two fronts. He has to work, what, to maintain his physical 
status of being alive. It means he has to eat and sleep and and, and, and everything that the body needs. And he has to go to make a panas. He has to do the things to take care of the body. But at the same time, he has to he has to do things to keep the neshama alive and well in its in its in its present state of being with the body. He has to reveal the neshama that the neshama shouldn't remain hidden. That's an achibush of a neshama guf. This is a greater pella than the reality of the neshama in the guf to be able to service the body and at the same time to be able to bring out and to reveal the neshama in a person's life. Because the body is very, very much against any revelation of soul. The body fights very hard, very hard that the neshama should not have any chance to express itself. The guf fights against them. Omnam, Berega, page Sadigim. However, Berega, Sha'odam, Chayzelasik, Be'eskeaguf. That's why the second that the person goes back and gets himself involved in taking care of his physical things, not just taking care, but right? Sitting around the sitting around the conference room planning how to make more money, planning how we're going to get to America to, to, to buy a sandwich. We're thinking about it. It's one thing that a person, look, you have to live, so you take care of yourself. But to actually be, you know, to be uh, uh, to use your machshavus, your machshavus on these things. That drives out that fragile and delicate presence of the neshama that that was able to that was able to miraculously sneak into your physical life. You were able to have a, a feeling of your neshama, but but then but then when you're thinking about things in this world to have and to to, to more in this world and so on, then the neshama retreats. I feel the regular cut. So today, well, the chazaras hadov and address them in our avodah. Rabbi Vakasha. So to bring out the neshama again, you have to want to. You have to work very hard to do that because it 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 it, it just disappeared. It slid right back in. And in order that you should be able to feel that, you have to want and you have to work again on all these exercises and more and more and more that we're going to be doing. To what can this be compared? A gas stove that we're familiar with. There are different levels of, that the flame could be on different, uh, different heights, different levels of fire. If you light the highest fire, and after half hour you lower the flame. If you want, at this point, if you want to, if you want to raise the flame again, then it should go back to the highest degree. She had the type for that should be strong. You just have to turn a little bit. So let's say it was it was originally the fire was on 350, right? So it was on the highest setting, and then, and then you made it a little bit lower. So for you to get it back to the higher fire, you just have to move a little bit the dial back. Calls Islamah. Why is that? Because the fire the fire didn't go out. So same thing. If you're burning the chametz and it's getting a little bit lower, you put in a couple more papers and and it gets higher because he had died the because it's still a fire. It was just that the fire is not as strong as it was, but the fire is there. 
Therefore, raising the fire, allowing the fire is relatively simple. Just to turn a little bit of the dial. However, if the fire is entirely out, you understand he lives in an apartment this year, but there's no electric, click, 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 start his, right? He lives with a regular guest, though. And the fire already went out, or imagine it's like with the chametz or with the barbecue, whatever, the fire already went out. In order to light it, you have to bring new matches. You have to you have to give it a new chiz. The leads are You have to make a new fire because the fire is out. If there's still a little bit of a fire, then you throw in something and it makes it higher. You turn the dial, it makes it higher. But if the fire is altogether out, if it's altogether out, so you remember the old barbecues where they weren't like these uh, bricks that stay on fire or it wasn't electric. So we had the charcoal with the. There's always a thing, a spectacle for us to watch. You know, the kids they, they give a spritz with all that poison on the right. And that was the biggest thing to spritz onto the whatever that was, gasoline. I don't know what that was that we were doing over there. But that was always a, like, and then and then what if Chas when it got when they went out completely, the kids were so disappointed that then, then, then my father said, no, now it's good, it's good, it's good. They're great, right? It's good, it's good. Now you can cook, it's good. <clears throat> But then once you want to start the fire, if there's a tiny, tiny, tiny little bit of a sparkle of a fire that's still someplace in there, then you can then you can get it right back on. But if it's finished, it's finished. So that's the marshal. We understand. It's the same thing with us. If a person is a seasoned tzaddik and he has, not, he has a gilly of his nesham that he's living with for 50 years, you know, whatever, so then it's always on. It's always on. He says sometimes the flame is a little bit lower. The tzadikos has to eat. The tzadikos has to be part of the world. So that when he's eating or when he's doing other things, it could be that the flame is a little bit on a lower setting. But the flame is there. The flame is there. The kids nowadays don't even know what a pilot light means, right? What a pilot light is. But, the, but in Elohim, it always has a pilot light. There's always a fire. Then when it comes to saying an ashray, so it turns up the fire. And then you have to do something for work, it turns it down. But there's always a pilot light. There's always something burning. Right? But if it goes out, so it's, it, it's emotional for our generation because we're living in a time where there's no more pilot light. It's all uh, spontaneous generation, right? You have to start every time. There's nothing there. So you come to Davin and there's a little bit of a fire, and you go to work. It could be the opposite. It could be the whole work. It could be God forbid, Lashon Hara and all kinds of things with the highest, the ears, the mouth. And he goes back to Davin Marv. So, so he tries again. You know. <clears throat> She says that when a person begins, if you if you don't if you don't pay attention to the to the you don't pay attention to the lakus even for a moment, the fire can go out. When it's hard to get it burning again. Once a person is working on his Avedis Hashem for years and years, he's working on it. To the point that he has now in his heart, Bilvavi Mishkan Evna, right? So he has in, he has in, in himself already this Mishkan, and has got this, the Chavidim says in the, they made this song, Bilvavi Mishkan Evna. Huh? Words? Yeah. Bilvavi Mishkan Evna, Badak Yavaydai, Asim, then after that. The words come from the Chareidim. It comes from the Kadmon. 
That a yid has burning inside of himself a fire of the akeda, which means mesivus nefesh. That he was mesivus nefesh for, for years for the burning of the Torah mitzvahs. So as, as so he's able to draw from that fire of the of the mesivus nefesh of his avodas Hashem. That's called the ash of the akeda. That he's able to take from that fire to the point that over over time. He's and he comes to this madrig of Aish Tomitukal Mizbeh that there's a constant fire burning on the Mizbeh of his heart. There's a constant fire. It could be lower, but it's a fire. Al Mizbeh Aplimi, Bilvavi Mishkanevni. Vahadam Baina is a Mizbeh Bilavavai. And the person builds the Mizbeh Bilavava, but so is Aish Tomitukat. He builds it up so there's always a fire. Like in Mesamik, this is always a fire. It's true. The fire gets higher, it gets lower. He feels more, he feels less. But there's always a fire. But that's only when a person's already working on this for years and years and years on, 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 on coming to contact with his neshama. But if you're at the beginning, which all of us are, at the, of the Avaidah Hashem, Matzabuhu, the Matzab is Koshan Leknais and Kiklais of Klebaz, Benach Lavd and Kiklais of like crystal, like crystal. Meaning it's hard to get like gold and it's easy to lose like crystal. That's at the beginning. It's very, it's barely connecting to us. It's just a bit, it's just barely, barely. And the shaman is making itself, crexing itself out, creeping out of the, out of the ashes of the groove. Barely. There's a little flickering, tiny little fire. If you're not careful, if you take your mind off it, just like if you have, again, by the barbecue, by the chavits, if there's only a tiny, tiny little fire left, if you if you if you, you turn away from it for a minute, it's gone. Same thing when it's just a little bit of the neshama that's flickering and coming out from the surface, and you're feeling the neshama somehow. If you if you get distracted, it disappears. Therefore, a person has to know that this recognize and feeling his presence. He man the kudus say you say this behind. The first thing is to know that this is the most basic thing of my life. This is not an extracurricular thing. This is the most basic thing for my life. After you've come to that realization, there's nothing that's more important in my life than what than, than feeling connected to Hashem as well. Now we're talking about feeling close, not just knowing that He's there, that He exists, but feeling a closeness. This is something you must do. Again, it's not optional. This is not optional. This is the this is the most required and necessary thing in a Jew's life. It's not optional. Tzachrechis. He starts lamal kudazumis pashanim. I'm sorry. Yemein akar b'bari, yemeila in kirva. First, I have to know that there's a Creator. Obviously, I can't be close to Him if I don't know that He exists. If it's not strong in my, in my if I don't feel strongly that He exists, I can't be close to Him. He starts lamal kudazumis pashanim. You have to work on this for a few years. With patience, and with clarity. So he says, He says, let me, let me try to give a, 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 some direction to where we're going. A guy gets up in the morning. He gets, puts his feet down and he says, Who's he talking to? Every one of us in this room said Maidani this morning. So he says, Imihu Madaba, who are you talking to? Imar Banishla. You remember the time that Rebbe Zusha couldn't come for an hour? He was late. 
for more than an hour, for hours, he was late to, to the Mizushi Mike was saying a mimer, and the Rebbe Mizushi wasn't there. So finally, when he came, they asked him what happened to Mizushi. He said, "I got up this morning, and I said, my darling." So the Mizushi so said, "No." He said, "But I was thinking, my Ani, who's Ani Lefanecha?" I started to think, "Who's the Ani, and who's Lefanecha?" And I started to tremble and shake that I hid under the bed. I couldn't come out from under my bed until finally I was able to be mechazim myself. I couldn't get out from under the bed. Because of my ani. Who's the ani and who's the lefanach? So a person says, with whom am I speaking? Just stop for a second tomorrow morning. My ani lefanach. Who am I talking to? In my brain, I'm saying my ani lefanach. Kshadam oyved on the kudah hanal. All of lahascham in the kudah pshut yaser. If you're working on this, on what we're learning in this sefer, he says you have to begin with the simple nakuda. Before you say the words maidani, that first bitter moment of the eye-opening ceremony, right? Before you say maidani, it's very hard because if you wake up with a with a with the news or something, so that's very hard to have a machshav of elikus, right? So be- this will work. You have to put your clock on the on not on the on the buzz thing, not on the uh, not on CBS. Although today there was very good news, you know, we heard yeah. that Rosh Marusha was killed. Yeah. That's I think that was verified, right? It's confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. He's a a, a murder, a murder. He murdered his Jewish blood all over him. That guy, they killed him. It's a big maka that they killed him. So a person wakes up in the morning before you even say Maidani. Lifnei shu imer Maidani. Maidani. Simen sheyesh kvar lemilahaydays. That means I'm already talking to God when I say Maidani, right? I'm saying, I, th- I thank you, Hashem. So, who am I talking to? You know, before you or I ever say anything to, to, to somebody, we want to make sure that there's somebody's there. It's a very embarrassing thing when you when you say something and the person's not, not there, right? So you first want to make sure that the person is there. So what's the first Mahshavah? Before my daddy, Hamachshava Arishayna. We could try this tomorrow morning. Hamachshava Arishayna. Sheima Tzarech Adam Lahaskalas Yaima B'Madregish Shalom B'Davim. He was the first Mahshava. Miyad Keshuv Misayra. The second that you open your eyes, lift Naisel Ben Shalom V'Leimla to say to Hashem, Ani Lo Levad. I'm not by myself. Ata Nimsi Yachaditi. You're here with me. Ata Heartai. You see, you Baruch Hashem, Ben Shalom, you woke me up. Ata Heartai. You gave me another day. I'm not by myself. Then, you, then you have, now we have something to talk to. Not just a regular prayer. The same way we say Ash. This machshav is, I'm not by myself in this room. I'm not by myself here. The first nakud of his waking up, the Yem Chadash for a new day, Tzich Lios, Rabbi Shalom. Listen to how beautiful these words are. Obviously, we say it in English. Rabbanishal, master of the universe. I did not wake up in a world where I'm ever by myself. I, I woke up into a life where I'm never by myself. That's how you start the day. Never. I've woken up. You woke me up to, to, uh, for another day in a world where I have a partner. Tzavta means I have a chavusa. You. I have a buddy. Safta means I have I have somebody with me always. I have a partner. Hat Safta Shili, he atta Yisbarach. And who's my chavusa? 
Everywhere, every moment, you. You're my chavrus. This is how the tzaddikim. That's how the chavrus chaim is to wake up. It's not nice. So the chavrus chaim woke up. This is how the tzaddikim wake wake up. Vadesh l'keir zman. Certainly, it takes time. Ad shematzlichim ladgila matzah kazushetiyah machshavu rishonah shayla bereish shekamah b'vokeh. It's going to take some time till that becomes a natural thought to have. First, you have to force yourself. And try and push yourself, especially when you when people wake up and take it out 100% clear. But to force yourself. In the beginning, you'll see yourself forgetting to do this. You might remember two hours later. Slowly, slowly, you begin to remember. This becomes part of your life. That every day when you wake up, the first thing is to say, is to say, I'm not by myself. I'll never be by myself. I'm always with you. Becomes part of you. This might take you a week. Maybe another week. Or maybe a couple of months. That the very, very first second of your day, that I'm living with the Rabbi Shalom in this world. I'm living with the Rabbi Shalom. It'll take weeks and months, he said. So you're able to come to that in the most natural way. That thought comes into your head when you get up in the morning that I'm with the Rebbe in this world. I'm not by myself. And he says, you know what? We're not ready for the advanced stages. It doesn't mean that you feel that he's mamish in the room. It means at this stage you have a muna. You're saying, I believe that you're with me, Hashem. And I believe that I, when I say Maidani, I'm talking to you, not about you. Most of us who say Maidani, we're talking about about Hashem. That uh, God, someplace, uh, wherever you are, Shkayach. Maidani, I'm talking to you. So the first level of Amuna is that He exists, that, and, and to come to that, and to that Amuna that He's here in the room. You might not feel that He's here in the room, but you have Amuna that He's here with you, and that He woke you up, and that He's with you. Even though you might not feel the Rebbe presence, but you know, and you have a Muna that he's there. He believes that Hashem is here, Mamish. Listen to very. Now he's getting a little bit more contemporary. Fast the guest stuff. Listen to this example. So you see everything here. So it's a in recent years, they came up with a new thing called this uh, telephone, a uh, cell phone. What if you have a guy who comes from a far away, far away place, he never heard of a cell phone? Doesn't know such a thing yet. Just a few years ago, we didn't know that either, right? I remember the first time I was going up to a Levaya, and the guy that I was with opened up his briefcase. And he takes out he takes out this thing. It looked to me like it was from a science fiction show. It was big then. Mm-hmm. He took out this thing. He's, and he and he takes out the antenna. Mm-hmm. And he starts to. I said, "What are you? What is this?" I mean, we used to see it like on the Jetsons. When we, you know. <laughs> so what do you? What is this? So he says, "Sure, it's a telephone." At that time, it wasn't clear. It was very hard. But there was such a mitzvah. So he says, "Imagine the guy comes. He never heard of the telephone." So this. Sweet innocent guy from uh, from one of the few places on earth that maybe still doesn't have this. You never heard of it. He, he needs to get in touch with somebody. So he asks, you know, is there any public phone over here? Is there a public phone? 
that he has to speak to somebody far further away in the in the country he comes from. The guy from that place says, "I'll Don't bother the the public the the, the the nearest public phone is far away. He takes out right. Everybody, everyone here has. He takes out his little his little box, and he says in his little box, he says, "He offers it to this guy." He says, "Here you go." He says, "You can borrow my cell phone." The guy says, what is that? The telephone. It's a portable phone. You can talk to somebody across the world. This tourist looks at this. He's skeptical. They made something new. Maybe I've just met up with some crazy person. He's playing around with toys. And he says, excuse me, thanks. And he just continues, this guy's crazy. He meets the second guy and the third guy. Says the same thing, where's their public phone? Each one takes out a telephone. Says, here, there's a telephone. He begins to think to himself, three people are saying to him, they're making me this offer that I could talk on that little box. It must be that something wrong with me that back in our island we didn't we didn't get the news yet about this new this new machine. You can't speak with this. He takes it to his hand and he dials and it works and he and he starts to talk. Now. When he when he begins to dial and listens to the phone, and he begins to speak on the phone, it doesn't have. He's not speaking with this thought. Ulai shaymen, maybe they're hearing me, and ulai leishem, maybe they're not hearing me. Now, if he would have taken it from the first guy, you know, and he would have humored the first guy and just taken this thing, and then he would be talking in this state where it's not clear to him, you know, that there's such a thing could it could be. The first guy, if he'd have taken the thing, he would have been Masupik. But now, three people have told him, in a very matter of fact way, they've told him that, they, that this is a, a new phone. But that's not all. What? He looks up now, and he sees. People all over the place. All over the place. They're walking around with phones. Talking. This ends with this thing. So now it's clear to him. All of my life, I didn't know about this. But now I know. You know, the guy that he's talking on the phone is a thousand kilometers away. He believes, it's clear to him that this guy hears what I'm saying. And he begins to say, hey, whatever, Shmuley. And the guy Shmuley hears. He believes it 100%. Calls Islam away. Even though in his life he never once spoke on such a thing. He sees that this is how everybody lives. He, he understands that this is the Mitzvah. This is the Mitzvah. 
Yelad just take another two minutes. Yelad Godel Bebeis of Arayas Hayra Mesech Mitelfan. A kid grows up in the house and he sees his parents talking on the phone. It's the most natural thing for the kid. Every little kid wants to play with the phone. He goes, hello, babies, little ones, a year old, hello. He sees the phone, right? By, by two years from now, they're going to be, the, the kids are going to get on and say his email address. Right? <laughs> a kid grows up, and it's the most natural thing in the world. And a person, even though you think about it, it's the craziest thing in the world, even with the old, with the old regular phone. Somebody takes up a thing and it's got a wire. Somebody's listening to me in Hong Kong. The whole thing is crazy. And anybody a hundred years ago would have been this, would have, would have been this Paul. What do you think? It's crazy. But the kid grows up in the house where they talk on these on these funny things. He does in the class, machshatol. He knows forever. You talk on the phone. So he says, "I can't marshal." There's better than nimshal. What's the nimshal? Hey, no echav leshnayim. How you meter chagosh? Because you're both nimshal imam mamish. I mean, now there are many people that told us that the Rishon was with us every minute. Man, the Vim Akedoshim, Asher Seichem or Ben Shalom, they were the Vim that spoke to God. Like Moshe used to speak to Hashem, like a friend. We have thousands and thousands of people who are constantly conversing with Hashem. Who are using that instrument that's called the Chelet Lokomimal, the Neshama. That's how they communicate with Him. You don't look at yourself some crazy person talking, hello, Hashem, you're in the room. But what? But rather you see yourself as a Hemshech, as a continuation of thousands and thousands and tens and hundreds of thousands, millions of tzaddikim throughout all the generations that had a living relationship with Hashem. They lived this way with Hashem. You're just picking up the telephone and, and, you, and you're starting to talk. You'll be able to speak to Hashem the same way that it's natural for that kid to pick up a phone. You'll be able to speak to Hashem. Just to know that you could speak to somebody who's thousands and thousands of miles away, but you know 100% that you could speak to them. <coughs> same thing in the Nimshal. Alright, it's, it's late, so we'll, we'll, we'll continue on. So you make a note, Sadiq Vav. Bad Rav Sadiq.